0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Daf HaShavu as we study Meseches Yvamos, Daf Ayin Vav. I appreciate the uh, feedback, especially on this Perak Ha'arel, very uh, difficult Perik, dealing with some major issues. I'm going to try today to deal with uh, two issues similar to what we've done uh, the last couple weeks. I'm going to give you a general uh, overview of some of the topics and uh, we don't have enough time to get into all the details, all the shalos, atchuvos, chuvos. But these are two very contemporary uh, topics. I'm going to go a little bit out of order. And uh, we'll have enough time. The shir probably will be a little bit shorter today. I'm going to start with the issue that comes up as far as marriage. You know, we're studying the parshios now. where uh, actually up to parashios Avram Avinu needs a uh, son for Yitzchak, needs a wife for Yitzchak, and they go back to Aram Narayim, to Shaila, You know, why are they going back to the place where he left? This is a question that Ran brings up, that at the end of the day, you could uh, get rid of Avodah Zara, which was the issue back home, but at least there's basic Midos. Now, when you look at someone like Lavan and Basua, you don't see the greatest of Midos, but it must mean that in general the medos of those communities were greater. You also have the challenges of what's happening with some very decent people who seem to live in Canaan, including uh, Mamre, maybe even uh, a couple of other people as well. Rashi does have a qualifier that if uh, they're not able to find someone back there, then at least you could take from Mamre or from the two other uh, friends of Avram Avinu. we're actually going to talk about this in the Medrash here. <clears throat> in Ayur Gemara, you end up with the very famous sugya of Ammon and Moab, of not being able to marry into them, mitzri for how many generations does it last, males or females, especially when it comes to David HaMelech. And I'm going to cover Bezras Hashem, those specifics next week, because it actually continues into next week's sugya. But I wanted to enter in through the discussion of Bisman HaZeh, uh, of the prohibition of intermarriage, before you start getting to specific nations, just in general, a Jew marrying a non-Jew. It's good, it's, a, it's an important conversation to have. A lot of it's based on Gemara's and Zara, as well as Psukim and Ezra and but it ties in to Shlomo HaMelech, right? What exactly is going on here with Shlomo HaMelech? When he marries uh, into these other nations, the women converted. But we'll use that as an opportunity to discuss the uh, prohibition against intermarriage. I wouldn't say I'll achas, because I'm going to give you real substance. But at least you know, this is an important place for for this discussion. Then we're going to discuss the second issue as well. Now, there's uh, many years ago, and, and Baruch Hashem, I remembered this. Many years ago, in the uh, RJJ Journal, Rabbi J. David Bleich, who is a uh, Rebbe at Yeshiva University, a professor at Kodurza Law School, he actually wrote an excellent essay, The Prohibition Against Intermarriage. I reviewed it. Some of what I say is going to come from there, but most of it is just basic uh, Rambam work. We'll do a little bit of tour work as well. The Gemara in Avodah Zara on Vavam and Bays actually discusses, even before you get to these parashiyos that we're discussing now, where maybe you could say, you know, Avraham restricted uh, Canaan was off the list. <clears throat> There's Ramban in this week's parsha, Pashas Chayisara, that says, Chas v'Shalom. there was even a Havamina for anyone from Canaan to be allowed, right? They already were cursed and off-limits. But the Gemara Zarah discusses even back at the time of shame that there was a bezdin of shame that already had restrictions of who you could marry into. Now, a lot of this sounds to us, you know, not fair. Love and, you know, all those concepts. But the bottom line is the Torah is what guides us. We know from the Rambam we've discussed many times that the whole concept of marriage changed you know, after Sinai, even for uh, the Jewish people who officially become Jews at Sinai, but here we're talking not necessarily about the process, although that will come up. But also, <clears throat> but as far as certain populations that are restricted, you know, bizmanazel, we take this, of course, for granted. But many people are not comfortable with these discussions. You know, progressive to that there could be a concept that you're not allowed to marry someone. Again, it's nothing against the person. This is the way the Torah uh, functions. So I wanted to just start off with the basic approach. If we could push to halachal amaysa. You know, how do we know these halachas? What are the psukkim that serve as the basis? Now, you see that this was, uh, before I get to that, this has been a perpetual issue. You know, the statistics in America... If you take out the Orthodox community, the devastating statistics. I mean, this is a Gemarish year. It's worth mentioning it. I think that the numbers are like 70% of um, Jews, al Islan, marry non-Jews. With the, you put in the Orthodox community, the numbers are a lot better. Not that it doesn't happen in our community as well. Now, if you look into Nechemia, Yud Gimel, and other places in Ezra, Nehemiah when uh, the Jewish people came back during uh, the beginning of Bayasheni, and, you know, Ezra was a little bit later in coming because Nehemiah was there first, Rebaba was there, Ezra was still hanging out with his uh, Rebbe Baruch ben student of Yirmiyahu, and Ezra comes and he's shocked to see the intermarriage. And there he was able to get people to break off the relationships, which is very, very difficult to ever see that happen today. You know, once the marriage takes place or someone's engaged, Rahman al-Islam to a non-Jew to try to convince them to break off. But the bottom line is, what you have is a Pasuk, in Devarim, Paragzayim, Pasuk Gimel. So let's read you the Pasuk. It's important. There are a few Pasukim here that are important. Now, the background is, Kiviacha Shemel Hashem al when you come into Eretz Yisrael, and it talks about the the nations that were there, the seven nations Chiti, Kirshani, Girgashi, Hamiri, Kanani, Prezi, Chivi, Yavusi, Shiva, and Mecca. And Hashem says, I'm going to give them to you and you're going to wipe them. And then we have the famous, famous, the three words that you need to know for our Suga. And this applied to Shlomo HaMelech as well. And therefore, any. Uh, marriage that Shlomo had with someone from one of these, from not from one of these nations, but from a non-Jewish nation, would have to be dealt with, unless you say, as we're about to see, that it's restricted only to these seven, and that's going to have to be uh, discussed. It says, V'lo t'schatin bum you shall not intermarry with them. Now, if I just read you, V'lo t'schatin bum without giving you the introductory psukim, you could say, this is the general prohibition of into marriage, and that will be, as we're going to see, the position of the Rambam. The Rambam in Mishnah Torah Hilchos Yisure Bia Yud Aleph says this is based on a view of Rishon Bayachoi that we absolutely reject intermarriage with any non-Jew. You look up this in the Gemara in Ayn Zarah, Avor Zare Lamidvav The Rambam says straight out, a Jew, right, who cohabits with a non-Jewish woman of any Gentile nation. I'm reading in English, so nobody's going to make an exception to it. Now, the question that comes up on the Rambam, which is discussed by some of the Akronim, which I always think is not such a hard question to answer, is, like, why is it even talking about marriage? You can't have Kiddushin, you can't have Nisuin, you know, the terminology that we use halakhically for marriage, you can't have these terms in association with a non-Jew. So it sounds like you could marry them but halakhically, but that you're not allowed to. So that's the question you see some of the achronim raise. But it's clear from the Rambam, and this is what many of the achronim point out, I'm not giving you all the sources, that the Rambam's saying intimacy with them is prohibited, okay? Intimacy is prohibited. So that's... Marriage over here means intimacy. It doesn't mean... That's the term that's being designated for marriage. It's the way of communicating. His position is so clear that intermarriage between a Jew and any non-Jew is biblically prescribed. And it would be similar to... This is one of the points I remember Rabbi Black points out, like a common law marriage. But it doesn't mean that... um, if one has relations with a non-Jew, that's allowed. That's not allowed either, but it's not going to necessarily fall under the same prohibition. So that gets into a bigger discussion. Now, there is in the Gemara a view of the Chachamim. And the view of the Chachamim is that on a Doraisa level, it only applies to these seven nations. And in fact, if you look into the position of the Tor. Very interesting. If you look into position of the tour in Evna Ezer Tess Zion, he disagrees with the Rambam on two issues. First, he says that it's Zion, it's Zion, it's the seven, and he also assumes that it's only the Zion nations after they've converted, because he was bothered by the Rambam's use of marriage. If you're going to say Bam, so if you call it marriage, it has to be a, of what we would call a halachic marriage. So that's the position of the Torah on a Doraisa level. On a Doreisa level, the Torah has the restrictions as well. And you can't ignore the history of Ezra and Nehemiah, And there are different questions amongst the uh, commentaries, Rishonim and Achronim, what exactly is the isur dirabanan? Again, I'm giving you a general shear for this today. We sometimes get into more details. Is it similar to what happened with Pinchas? It's, it, it's uh, that's that that's the restriction. Some want to say it's halachah Moshe which again would take us back to the Torah. If you want to go with the Pinchas concept based on the pesukim in Bamidbar Chavay, then it's some form of kanoim uh, paygumbo which was well known to all of us. So even according to the tour, you're not... The pasuk itself of Lotiskaten may only apply to the seven nations, but it doesn't mean, this is my interpretation of the tour, that you're going to be able to ignore derece elements when it comes to intermarriage um, either way. So I think it's very clear. You don't need me to convince you of the prohibition of intermarriage What's happening with Ammon and Moab is a separate issue, right? What's happening with Ammon and Moab is what happens if they end up converting. Um, Could they become part of the nation? What's the restriction? Which is similar to where the tour is on this whole issue. But the Rambam is very categorical. You can look at the Rambam inside. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but he says straight out, I'll just read part of it, that it's both the seven nations and all other nations. And he makes says, he brings Ezra as the proof when Ezra comes into Eretz Israel. And you also have other episodes in the time of Malachi where you don't have the seven nations around anymore. And Malachi is railing out against the intermarriage that was taking place. So that's the uh, first thing that I wanted to cover today and know that our Gemara relates to it. The second topic. <coughs> and I'm going backwards, as I told you, is to look at is the issue of uh, two women. If two women have some form of uh, intimacy with each other, now just as a caveat, and, and I'm not saying this to be politically correct, whoever's listening to this year, but just to be, I think correct. We don't. It's not my job as a rabbi or anyone's job as an individual, to know what happens behind closed doors. Uh, if it's a man and a woman, or if it's two men who happen to be living with each other, or two women who are living with each other. You know, we don't have to set up investigations to try to figure out what's happening in their uh, private lives. But at the same time, you know, we have to deal with the reality of the Torah, and the Torah has uh, restrictions against uh, homosexuality. It doesn't mean that if someone considers himself to be a homosexual and doesn't act out on it, the is not giving a restriction. So these are obviously very sensitive issues. I'm not going to cover it all in Adapha Shavuot here, but I want to say it's, like, it's not our job to be running after pe- people's lives and figure out uh, what exactly they're involved in. This is whether it's men and men, women and women, men and women. But the key sugya, believe it or not, in Shas for what's called lesbians, lesbianism, is our Gemara. It's a Gemara Shabbos as well. So it's not the same pasug that is used for males. That pasug we know from Vayikra, Ches Chaf Bez. The pasug that's at the center over here of a discussion it's actually going to be Tup So let me give you a little background, and then we'll jump in. The Gemara says, right before the Mishnah, that Rafuna has a position, that a woman who's intimate with another woman, the term that's used, and it's not so clear exactly how to translate it, Hamasola, does it mean that they're physically the proximity of the, the erva? is next to each other, they, they play they engage in certain activities with each other. We're not getting into all that, but there's, there's clearly some form it's not Bia, but the, which is going to be very important over here, but there's some form of uh, intimacy between the two. So Rafun is of the position that we flip back to uh, possibly that we saw earlier in Misehass Yuvama's. And this is coming into the context of a discussion with Kohanim. It's very interesting. That's the Gemara over here. This, this concept of uh, uh, the, the issue of lesbian issue is presented in the Gemara in the context of whether this woman could marry a Kohen. Interesting. That's where, where its sources. So we have a Pasukim Vayikra Chafal of Zayin, Parsha Amar, Isha Zonah of a Lo We discussed this back on uh, Nuntes, Amin Bay. It seems like a long time ago. And we keep going in Yavamis. We're up to Ayin uh, Vav. I think we have to get to 120 or something. So we have almost a year left. Baruch Hashem. So Rav Hunas are the position. And the way this is explained by Tosvos, the, the, the Ramban, the Ritva, most Rishonim, and the Me'iri, is that since this woman was involved in forbidden sexual behavior, she achieves, this is not an achievement you want to have, the status of a zona. And therefore, she wouldn't be able to be married to a Kohen. So the prohibition is a prohibition of zanus. Doesn't mean she wouldn't be able to marry someone else, right? Again, I'm not telling a person, it's a big issue if a woman is is a lesbian, to, to go marry a male, that's not fair. You know, again, we're not going to say she should do what she's doing, but what kind of relationship is that going to be? It's a whole separate issue. You, you know, there's two sides to it because you're dealing with someone else. And I, I know they're all different variations, so we understand. Now, as we saw back in the Gemara, Anuntes, test Summon Bays. I think this is the best way for me to present it. I thought a lot about how to do it. We had a position of Rebel Lazar, and he was of the position that if uh, a woman has relations with a random guy, but not one who, if she married, would be prohibited, he held that this was Rebbe position, that creates Nus. And what Rava points out over here is even though that's not the halacha, because according to the halacha, the only way the woman becomes a zona is not because unfortunately when she was off in college she had relations with another Jewish guy. It's only if she had relations with someone who she was restricted, you know, let's say it would have been one of the Arayos or something else, then she's a zona. But even Rebbe and wouldn't be able to marry a Cohen. But even Rebbe Lazar, who said that a woman who has relations with any Jew before marriage becomes a Zona and therefore would not be able to marry a Kohen, he does not say that a woman, right, a lesbian, a woman involved in lesbian behavior would become a Zona. You understand the difference? And therefore, he could still marry a Kohen. And I want to read to you how the Rambam... Explains it, and the Shulchan Aruch as well, and then we have to understand. So, if there's no znus involved, so what exactly is the problem? <clears throat> Again, we're talking about two females. So let's look at the Rambam in Yisurei Biachafal of Ches. The language the Rambam uses from our Gemara: Nashim Hamasol Asur. But look what he says is the basis of the iser: O it's considered to be a Misa Mitzrayim. I'm going to explain, in action of Egyptians, shehu'sharnu alav that we were warned. There's a pasuk in Vayikra. Gimel, Kimase Eres Mitzrayim Losasu. like don't act like Egyptians. Amru Chacham Osem. So what would happen in Mitzrayim is Ishno Seish. You'd have males marrying males. Again, marriage over here is going to have to be like the way the Rambam uses it in the context of Lotus. It doesn't mean actual marriage. Ish no se ish, vi no se And you even would have, vi isha no se l'shnei anashim. pisha masaze asur, ain't malka no There's no malchus, at least on a dereisa level for it, even though it's a dereisa prohibition. Because there's no bia. So this woman, technically, would be able to marry a Kohen. The second point he makes here, which is very important, we know this also, is we've learned, If a woman has an affair with a man, she's not allowed to be with that man, the adulterer, and she's not allowed to be with her husband. In this situation, since there's no Maisebiya, there's no problem for her to go back to her husband. So there's no Znus, there's no Maisebiya, and Oh, uh, Then the Rambam says, but still you should give her Marcus, Marcus Mardus. Well, what you're seeing here from the Rambam is Marcus Mardus is not only in a situation where there's an Isidur it's just when you can't apply Isidur Aisa. Usually we think of Marcus martyrs when there's an Isidur Abana. And then he talks about uh, how we have to be careful about this. And you'll find, more or less, the same formulation in the Shulchan Again, from our Gemara, Nashim And then in the brackets there, it tells you what does it mean. They they They, they play with each other, they get close to each other. Asur, my mysa Eretz Mitzrayim. So, Veroi hakos and Makas Mardus, since they did an iser. Now, I wanted to just explain two things. There's a really interesting Ramban here. The Ramban says, because it sounds like this was just a Mitzrayim issue, yet we see all these warnings when the Jews come into Eretz Israel. So the Ramban says that this was a problem both in Eretz- both in Egypt and in Eretz Canaan. You imagine the Jewish people, uh, they left a place <coughs> where this type of behavior took place and they were going into a place where this type of behavior was taking place. You get to see the challenge of uh, what the Jewish people had to deal with. In many ways, things were a little bit easier in the desert. But that ends up being the restriction. You know, in our Gemara... It says the Isur mishum <coughs> Pritzutza. It's because of lewdness. But why is it defined as lewd? So that's why I'm giving you these Psukim that gives us the support for it. Okay, that's what we're going to cover today. Very, very heavy topics. And uh, I appreciate all the questions. Very, very interesting questions that I've received the last few weeks. And it's great to uh, give these shiurim. I look forward to continuing next week.